This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Gamescoop. I'm Damon Hatfield, and contrary to what you might have heard, I am the host of Gamescoop, not Sam Claiborne, although Sam is here today. Welcome back, Sam. Thank you for welcoming me back. Tom, welcome back to the show. It's been too long. It's been too long. Uh, And our our reporter in the field, Michael Swaim, is here. Swaim Scoop. Yeah, (laughs) you can consider me. I'm gonna. I want no more references to why I'm holding a mic. Best <laughs> okay. okay. in the audience's mind, please. Forget I said it. Good. To Forget be I said anything. We have a great Back show for you this week. Uh, <laughs> great show for you this week. We're gonna be talking a lot about Steam Deck, uh, which Tom has played, I believe. And uh, you need I'm two actually... hands to play that system, by the way. I swear. Yes. So yeah, if you get the Steam Deck while the show is happening, you might have to put the microphone down. I'll be the judge of that. We're also going to flip through the July 1993 issue of Die Hard Game Fan, which includes some juicy controversy, some beef between Die Hard Game Fan and Electronic Gaming Monthly. Uh, I think it's a German magazine, so it's D Hard Game Fan. <laughs> it's the Hard Game Fan. The Hard Game Fan. Yes. The Hard Direct Game Fan. But first, the you've probably heard by now, Valve has announced a, uh, a portable PC gaming device, a portable, uh, uh, their own handheld, a true next-gen gaming handheld called the Steam Deck. Uh, and I think it seems really cool. And I think Tom and a few others at IGN, like uh, Bo and Ryan, got to play it up in Seattle. And uh, man, this thing seems pretty cool to me. What Tom, What I, I think everyone has probably heard about this by now, but this is Valve's next-gen handheld device it comes in three SKUs, and it's considerably more powerful than the switch which can do everything the switch can except play nintendo exclusives right 
Right, which is a a pretty big butt in the world sure. of Nintendo, right? Like sure. Mario and Zelda are, are, are worth a lot. But yeah, we went up to Valve uh, for two days. We got to play pretty unrestricted on this thing. Got to play, you know, a bunch of different games from Hades to Death Stranding on it. And uh, it, it's yeah. it's really cool. Like it is really, I think everyone everyone on our team who got to try it left pretty impressed by it. Mm-hmm. Um it's not, you know, it, it's funny to call it next gen because it's like not as strong as next gen consoles necessarily, sure, but sure. also it, it's running at, it's got a 720, basically 720p screen. So it is still running games incredibly well. Like they, they look really, really good because the smaller resolution lets them, they're not trying to hit 4K with this thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, although if you hooked it up to a monitor, it could output 4K. I just don't know. It probably wouldn't run games at that resolution crazy well. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a really cool device. It's very unexpected from Valve, I, I think, at least at this moment. It's also filling that sort of gap of, you know, the OLED Switch got announced and everyone had been hoping for a Switch Pro. And then yeah. Valve comes along and here's something similar to what that is. So <laughs> yeah. that's, that's exciting. Time. Yeah. 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 I mean, Tom, announced on the day that Switch OLED model pre-orders went live. Right. Tom, did you actually hold and play it yourself? I did. Yeah. So is it heavier than like a big blue microphone? <laughs> well, uh, big blue microphone is hard for me to judge, but um, it is heavier. But like, yeah. so, so so this is actually something that I saw a lot of people looked at it and they're off put by the controller design, right? Because mm-hmm. the sticks and the buttons and the D-pad are all mm-hmm. in line with each other rather than staggered. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, I, I saw this thing, me and Bo more as well, both of us looked at it and we're like, this looks weird with this design the exact same way. And then mm-hmm. the second we held it, we were like, oh, this just feels natural and makes sense. Oh, cool. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's, I think, a very comfy device. It is very kind of ergon. They thought about the ergonomics of, a, of it a lot. And it is heavier than a Switch. It is absolutely heavier than a Switch, but I'd say it's more comfortable to use overall because mm-hmm. the Switch is like, you know, I love my Switch, but it's not like ergonomically designed in any way, right? It's just a candy bar, basically. I was going to say, I didn't know if that was like okay to say, but as someone with large <laughs> hands bred for holding big, heavy microphones, uh, I find the Switch paddle almost like a complete afterthought. There's no right. ergonomics mm-hmm. to it, really. You just get used to it. So this looks <laughs> like a, I could get used to it. Did you find yourself using the trackpad much? And did that feel like crisp and responsive as like a cursor pad? I didn't. So I didn't use the trackpad a ton. I was mostly playing kind of more uh, controller minded games. Bo mm-hmm. definitely did. And he has some thoughts on that in his hands on preview. Uh, but the trackpad is definitely better than they've said. It's like 50% more responsive or something than what the steam controller trackpads had. Mm-hmm. They, they put trackpads on like everyone thinks back. I think with valve, they think back to the hardware that they made that they stumbled on, which was like steam mm-hmm. machines and the steam controller. But mm-hmm. it's, it's easy to kind of forget within that, that they also made they helped with the Vive. They made the Index, and the Index yeah. had trackpads on it that were totally great and fine to use on their controllers. Um, and I, I think this is – I think the the vibe I got when I used the, – the little bit I did use of it is that it will absolutely be something that people who like that sort of control scheme probably will be happy using. Um, and the other thing I'll mention because it's not like a totally like it's not a very obvious thing about this this device. Both the trackpads and the joysticks are capacitive, which means mm-hmm. that they can detect when your thumb is on them. 
Um, mm. And what that did is like one of the things that we did that was super weird and cool was you could use a first person shooter with only controller mode. Right. But then also with the gyro aiming kind of like the switch. But then um. when your thumb wasn't on the joystick, the gyro mm-hmm. aiming would turn off. So okay. you could do this motion where you're like looking around with the, the pad and then you just lift your thumb and turn and it it will like reset your view in a way that like the switch you usually like hit a button to reset the view. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, they, they've added a lot of little things in this to to make the trackpad use to make it more feel more like a mouse and a motorcycle by my house. Uh, make it feel more like a mouse in like I think ways that will definitely help that experience. Hmm. And you said the thumbsticks themselves have that capacitance sensor too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the thumbsticks can detect when, just like the index controllers, and I think the um, Oculus controllers have this as well. They can tell when your thumb is just resting on the stick. It's like magic. Do we know anything about the library that will be available on this? Is it just straight across? If you could figure out kind of how to play it, like some games I know are just conducive to mouse and keyboard, so it's just like mm-hmm. you're not going to want to play those. But basically you can just load up your Steam library. Uh. Yeah, so more than your Steam library. So so first that. of all, it also has the four back buttons, so that mm-hmm. helps a little bit with keyboard bindings. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, you can plug it into a dock and just use it as a PC with a mouse and keyboard if you want. Um, but it they have it says you have access to your enti- the Valve told us you have access to your entire Steam library. And mm-hmm. since this thing has a desktop and is just a PC, you could go download the Epic Game Store. You could go download UPlay or Origin and download whatever games kind of work through uh what's kind of this it's a linux-based operating system but then it's got this sort of like uh, i can't remember what the name i'm not a huge linux guy but it's like an accessibility layer or something on it called proton and proton right now you can go onto proton's website and look at exactly what games are compatible but basically the proton sort of like philosophy is we just want to make windows games work on linux so the, the odds are, at least what Valve is aiming for, is anything that's on Steam will almost certainly work on this device. And then going beyond that is a little bit more like you might have to check, but like you'll just be able to download games and find out. Did you get to turn it on from scratch, like off from off mode? Uh, I don't think if we went from completely off. I was but wondering like, like what the startup's it. like and like mm-hmm. does it dump you into kind of your menu with your games like a Switch does, like very basic stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So the, there's, like I mentioned, there is a whole desktop, but you can completely ignore that. And there yeah. is this sort of more console UI version of Steam that they've made. Um, and it's nice, you know, if you've used big picture mode, it's like a better version of big picture mode pretty much on Steam. Um, cool. And it, yeah, it's just like a really it kind of streamlined, accessible way to get around Steam. And then you can, if you want, but you don't have to venture outside of that ecosystem as well. Right. It's very okay. open. Yeah. So Sam, what's your take on this? Does this seem like something you want? Yeah, I mean, you know, with you know access to, uh, a, I have a PC and I'm able to you know run PC games. Uh, there, I have a great PC, uh, but I never use it. I just it, it, the the leap to convenience for some, for me who does not have like a monitor on a desk, I use my television in my living room to mm-hmm. game on. Uh, it's just a little bit crappy to have to pull out a keyboard and a mouse. I know there's ways around that, but this is my way around it. Like this is what yeah. I want. This is how I'd like to play my Steam library. And you know, I want to try as many games as possible. And that's why I got a PC. That's why I, mm-hmm. I, I try to do it these other ways. But this will make it so much easier to play games and write about them and talk about them and everything. I think it's such a good tool for me specifically. Mm-hmm. And Swaim, how about you? 
honestly, there's a lot of ins and a lot of outs. I see both sides. I'm really happy to hear how well it sounds like it controls uh, from Tom and Bo's coverage was great as well. But I do admit, well, for example, one of the pull quotes uh, in our piece at IGN.com was that we're seeing this as a new, like an entry into a new market, the handheld PC. And I think there's some argument to be made as to whether it's like legitimately a new market. There might be room for it in between like tablets and a laptop because a laptop's already a portable PC. I'm talking to you now on one. I play Steam games on it. Uh, mm. And I do like the appeal. I, I am a console guy in the sense that I like the appeal of something that is designated a toy for my time off and it doesn't do the other stuff because I'm someone who started using Oculus, realized there was a browser function and was like, I'll check Slack real quick in VR and see what <laughs> Calibro is up to. And yeah. I realized that I need that separation. So I don't I know. Agree. That's like a little bit of the philosophical mm -hmm. thing holding me back. But then the more I read about it and how it does seem like they put a lot of care into the control scheme and just how it's all put together, I got to admit, it's appealing to me more and more, especially because, uh, you know, we are hungry for that. They should have called it like the Super Steam Pro just to dig at Nintendo. But <laughs> uh, I think it is kind of brilliant marketing to have been working on this exact specific thing and deploy right. it now. Uh, I think it's very savvy to present it as this is an entirely new thing, but I don't know if I really fully buy that argument. It's like a yeah. laptop with a controller attached, which I think they also said, and I'm like, that's the accurate description of this product. Yeah, uh, I sure. also wonder, can you upgrade RAM? Is it like a PC in that sense? Like, can you crack it open and swap parts around? Do you know, Tom? No, I don't. Well, I mean, yeah. You can try your darndest, right? Like I'm sure tech savvy people will be able right. to do it, but it is sure. not, it's it's more like a laptop in that it is not designed to do that beyond having a slot for a micro SD card to expand the storage. I think the, the library is the, the real appeal and the difference to this. I mean, we had a Vita before we had a Switch, right? And right. it's like, it's really about what you can get on this handheld system. And uh, Nintendo's always had amazing libraries. Steam is the amazing library. And Nintendo is really, really stingy with pricing. They price things really high. Like you can get, you know, any, uh, probably the indie game that you want to play is going to be on Steam for three bucks at some point or 10 bucks. And it's always going to be 15 or 50 on on the Switch. Like that's a big deal. You know, that's why people have these giant stacks of unplayed games on Steam. Like what? Yeah. This is a really, really cool way to access an amazing game library that like I really I really do not have a good way to do that right now. And I'm, I'm really excited about that purely. Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of what um, Sam and Swaim are saying. I don't like to mix uh, productivity and entertainment on one device. So I, I like to keep those things separate. So that's part of why Steam Deck is really uh, appealing to me. But also I, I can't help but think that, man, like, this does take away a lot of the novelty of the switch because like the switch is like a, a big draw point for the switch is that you can it turned games like the witcher 3 into portable games yeah it was the only way to play them on the go and it was certainly playing witcher 3 on the switch isn't the ideal way to play the witcher 3 but it did make it possible to play it on the go but absolutely. now absolutely now you can play Witcher 3 the way it was intended in the ideal way on the go with the steam deck so yeah. i, I just, it, it's almost like why would you play anything but Nintendo exclusives on your yeah. Switch when this is available? 
Right. And and Tom, he, would this completely kill Witcher 3? Like it would it would be great with it, right? So we didn't see I was just gonna say we didn't see the Witcher 3 being played, but we did okay. hear that they've tried it and it runs by default settings, basically, I think is what they said that don't quote me on that, but like I think it runs much better than it will or than it would on the Switch, right? The Switch mm-hmm. was definitely like a degraded version of that yeah. game. Yeah, and yeah, I think yeah. it was ported, get, it was altered. Yeah, and I think you could get a pretty comparable experience to any sort of major or any sort of home console, not the Switch, that it yeah. has on this device. Yeah. It is about- troubling that they're showing Portal 2 a whole lot on it. It's like, okay. <laughs> well, that was, that was they, the, the funny thing was like, we actually asked them about that. They were like, yeah, this is a, we were like, this is a funny game to show off or like a good game to show off for this because, you know, it's got the first person, but also works well with the controller. And they were like, oh yeah, we just kind of threw that on there. Like they weren't even like planning on how, like, I think the main games they were showing us were like Control, Death Stranding, yeah. Jedi Fallen Order. Like those were like the sort of like oh, fancy yeah, yeah. ones they were trying and to show I, off. Like Jedi Fallen Order, Death Stranding, I'd love to see. Like what a cool point of reference. Um, yeah. I I thought it was uh, just the, on the, the portal thing. We we actually we did a really cool article, which I recommend everybody listening to this check out. Uh, a bunch of cool articles today, but a really neat one is our fact, which is like thirty questions that like we asked Valve and they answered them all. Like it's kind of crazy. We have a lot of information in there, and one of the things that was asked about is battery life, and they said mm-hmm. <laughs> two to eight hours, and that's like a really funny thing because you know what what your it's a huge range, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, w- based on what a PC is doing, it's like it's using more energy, right? And so. We all know that to a lesser degree from a Switch. Um, mm-hmm. But that's a big range. But they said right smack dab in the middle. They said Portal 2, four hours. <laughs> yeah, and I will They've point out that. the Switch's battery life is also about two to eight hours, right? Yeah. Depending. So that's – And the I new think, one's not improving on that too much either, right? The, o- the OLED Switch well. has – yeah, the OLED Switch has basically the same battery life as the mid-cycle revision of right, the Switch, the not, not yes. the launch Switch. It's yeah, better no. than the launch Switch. So this is also good for Xbox because everything, you know, all Xbox exclusives come to PC as well. So like, unless I'm mistaken, this means that Halo Infinite is now a portable game on day one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. The, to think the, about. the, the major the day question- one for this console, because it's that coming after Halo, right? We don't do you, know that technically. Oh, well, yeah, we don't know when. Well, we don't know when Halo Infinite yeah. or the both, Steam Deck will be out exactly. end of the year, right? So yeah. we're, we're not right. sure. I would I yeah, would say it would probably not be surprising if if Halo ends up before this. But yeah. Yeah, that could be. Um, sure. The Yeah, the, the thing I think so there's some this is one of those little things that I think is going to be a question that gets answered before this device actually comes out. As far as I understand right now, the Xbox and Microsoft like stores and apps on PC which is the mm-hmm. only way you can play Game Pass games through Xbox or through a PC, uh, do not work on Proton yet, as mm-hmm. far as I understand. But okay. all of Microsoft's games do come through Steam, and Steam games are usually compatible with Proton. So the question of whether this is a Game Pass box yet or an Xbox box, box yeah. Xbox box, oh my goodness, uh, <laughs> is like still a little bit in the air. I think we're going to figure mm-hmm. that out over the next couple months. But yeah, yeah Halo Infinite could will probably be able to play on this thing pretty fine. So it has Wi-Fi, and yes. that's where you're going to be kind of like syncing up your Steam library. Um, one thing that I think Steam, and please correct me if I'm wrong in this, I'm, I'm, I use Steam rarely except for this past year, which I've used it a lot. Um, I'm, my stuff is constantly updating, like constantly. And if I'm playing a couple of games at once, there's just like it seems like I'm always, you know, updating something. And I think that's like a luxury of like the PC environment. Um, 
you don't have to play updated. You don't have to update your games. Like I put no. my game in like offline mode and then like go on a plane on a trip and I don't like update. Like it'll be fine. Right. That, that'll that all be OK. Yeah. Yeah. You can you can turn off auto updating. And mm-hmm. if you're playing in offline mode, the game won't check for updates or whatever. It won't know there's an update. Yeah. So you can presumably to... just load a stable version of your game up. You're playing it and then yeah. it'll be fine for the go. Like you don't need to be in some kind of online environment to do this. No, not as far as I know. And and I would be I would be shocked if that is not 100% the case because you know, the Valve's one of the things Valve kept reiterating to us over the time while we were there was how they like didn't want to lock this thing down. Excuse me. They didn't want to be have it be restrictive. They wanted they like the openness of the PC platform so much. So like if you wanted to just wipe this drive and just put on Windows, right? You could just do that. Yeah, uh, I read that. They're not they're not trying to gate people out of whatever they want to do with this thing. And so mm-hmm. I think that, yeah, the idea that they would be like, you always need an online connection or something like that is, yeah, yeah. I, I think, pretty unthinkable for it. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just wondering, too, just because because Steam, like if there is like, you know, I guess downloading games and stuff is always going to be a matter of your own Internet. And it just, yeah, it should be yeah. fine. This episode of Game Scoop is brought to you by NordVPN. As Scoop Nation knows, your Omega Cops have been a little obsessed with a movie called Weekend at Bernie's lately. But as happens too often these days, it is difficult to find it streaming here in the U.S. That's where NordVPN comes in. With NordVPN, you can switch your virtual location to a more enlightened region where they appreciate the comic delights of Weekend at Bernie's. And it's not just for streaming movies and shows. Switching your virtual location can allow you to save money by purchasing flights, hotels, and subscriptions from other countries at a cheaper price. And you can do all this worry-free as NordVPN threat protection features protect you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. Best of all, NordVPN costs the price of a cup of coffee a month, and one account can be used on up to six devices. To get the best discount on your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com gamescoop. Our link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com gamescoop. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Weird detail question. Did you get to see what, like, is there a standalone charging cable or what is the, how does it replenish? Because my thing is, like, <laughs> if I take it on a six hour flight, can mm-hmm. I comfortably plug that into, you sure. know, if I'm blessed with an outlet in between the seats? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah How's so, the power? How big's uh, the brick? It's. <laughs> I don't think we saw the oh, like official final one because, th- you know, mm. this thing is still like inactive development to a certain sure. extent, even though it's coming out later this year. It's, there's nailing down the details of certain things. So it's going to have just like a standard AC power adapter to USB-C, which it plugs in kind of on the top. Um, and then you can also dock it right with to plug into an hdmi or usbs or whatever you want and they're going to be selling a dock separately that is like an official one but this thing will literally literally run with any usb any compatible usb-c dock that you could buy off of amazon 
Okay. Like they, yeah. they showed us three different ones that they were just like, oh yeah, we just bought this on Amazon and it was like running fine on it. So like, I, I think you'll be very flexible in terms of what you're going to be able to do with charging and that sort of stuff. And mm-hmm. and it does come with that, that charger easily enough. And it also comes with a hard shell carrying case as well. Yeah. So like a switch has a brick, but you don't have to use that. You can always plug into your iPhone yeah. USB adapter or whatever with a with right. the controller. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. just takes forever to charge. That. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. The Steam Deck, uh, I think Valve said it's going to be shipping in December. I'm really into it. I'm definitely getting one. Um, oh, and I want to say, if, if I want to put this out there now, uh, if, if this thing is successful and has fans, fans are going to be called deckheads. Okay. We're just get, <laughs> setting that up right now. Well, have you, so, have you heard what just, people are calling it uh, on on the interwebs right now too? What's that? The Gabe Boy. The, well, that's good too. <laughs> oh, that is also pretty good. Um, okay, I'm going to share my screen here because we're going to look at this magazine. Tell me if you guys can see. So we're cutting all topics. Well, I, the magazine. That's what we're doing this week. What I want. What I'm doing is making Name sure screen. we have time. Hey, don't Doing take this away. I'm making sure. This is the first time, time I've been on with oh a, a magazine. I'm, I'm All right, super you can take excited. this segment, Michael. <laughs> can uh, you guys see the cover of the July 93 issue of Die Hard Game Fan? Yes, indeed. <laughs> with Zombies Ate My Neighbors on the cover? Um, Presumably. I mean, well, I'm yeah. going to have to get some fact checks from Swain, who apparently just played Zombies Ate My Neighbors. I, I just played through the first few worlds, but I do not remember, most especially, the blue guy with the television head, like the central figure. Well, that's <laughs> that's the game fan uh, mascot. His, his okay. name is Mo- Monitor. Monitor, like T-A-U-R. And he has his own like comic in here. Monitor, sure. Monitor. Yeah. We begin with an ad for Rolling Thunder 3 on the Genesis, which says, we'll blow you away. And I just don't really think Rolling Thunder, even like Rolling, I remember playing the original in arcades and it it was like fine. But by the time Rolling Thunder 3 was coming around in 1993, I don't know that that was really like a franchise that anyone was excited about. No, and I don't think that game was trying to blow people away either. It also says one of the features is password support with an exclamation point. So no it doesn't even, yeah, in, 1990, in 1993, that's, that's supposed to be a feature. Oh, okay, so this is the main reason why I, I wanted to share this with everyone today. This is the letter from the editor. This looks surprisingly like an early website. Yeah, it actually it does. does. Yeah. And this is very, this is, um, the text is so small. What I did is took a picture of it so I could look it on my phone and blow it up. Gotcha. So. This is what they say. Welcome to issue number six. We hope you like it. This month, I should be writing about the upcoming CES show, but instead, I must set the record straight and answer a grave injustice that has been inflicted upon us and many other publications and game companies. Just before press time, I got bombarded with phone calls from friends in the industry who receive their copies of Electronic Gaming Monthly. Once again, they have acted childishly and lashed out. They did it to GamePro. They've done it to video games and computer entertainment. Uh And now they've done it to us. Big mistake. Magazine beef. Yeah. For no reason at all, in their gossip column of all places, they have accused us of selling illegally copied games and selling the games we review. Let me first answer to these libelous accusations. First of all, we don't sell games. We are a magazine. They're obviously confusing us with diehard game club. And that is because I am here. Yes, I started diehard game club back in 1990. Well. I but can see a line of confusion developing I, from this. <laughs> I left Game, Pl- Game Club and started Game Fam. Diehard Game Club is a separate corporation in a separate location, blah, blah, blah. Uh, 
Yeah, but he started. Yeah, so he says, uh, Die Hard Game Club to this day has never, will never sell copying devices. We have obviously beaten EGM so badly that they must now resort to childish backstabbing in an attempt to tarnish our reputation. Wow. Now, I, I don't have like circulation numbers in front of me, but I feel like Electronic Gaming Monthly was like the the number one gaming magazine of the nineties. Yeah. I, I don't think it was. I've never heard of this magazine, so. Yeah. But you anyway, have, right? Damon, you, seen the, you saw this. I actually today? did. I liked this magazine. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip around. They they say that EGM was the first uh, magazine to introduce game copiers in their May 1992 issue with the feature the Super Magicom transfers SNES cards to computer discs. So trying to turn You're it back st- around. We're not stealing games. You're stealing games. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then it goes back to their, as far as their gossip column goes, none of it holds water. It states that the new Mario collection is 8-bit when it is 16. Should have read mm. Game Fan. We have shots that came directly from Nintendo of Japan. So they're talking about Mario All-Stars. Yeah, wow. Right? Yeah. Taking uh, jabs at Quarterman. Yeah, exactly. Who writes this stuff? It totally contradicts what's shown elsewhere in the very same issue. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. keeps going on and on and on. Uh, he ends up with, I hope I've made it clear to them how our company is structured so they'll have, they'll leave Die Hard Game Club alone and get off our backs here at Game Fan. Uh, in a magazine that they have spent over $150,000 in advertising with. I think, I think they're saying Die Hard Game Club is puts advertising in electronic gaming monthly. Uh, well, he says, well, that's it. I'm very sorry that I had, I had to take a, a section. I usually have fun with and air dirty laundry, but this knife on my back is killing me. And my staff is staring at me saying, do something. Hey, it's the end of what we think is our best issue. The last thing we needed was this. That's the letter from the editor in this issue. I admire- this is the giant baby issue. Yeah, it's my exactly. masterpiece. Yeah. Yes. Speaking really, of giant babies, this guy, right? Um, yeah. I, uh, yeah, that's, that's the baby on the cover. Um, I, uh, I have to point out here that I bet CES was totally ruined that year because of this. Yeah, because of this scandal. Scandal. Man, it been- makes me nostalgic for when we used to go into the office in the city. You know, you'd see someone from Polygon and you'd just whip your switchblade out and get a <laughs> <Yep>. dance right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, we, all, we all have we've all had knives in our backs from this mm-hmm. rough and tumble industry. It's true. Uh, we have an ad for Mortal Kombat coming to consoles, but it says coming to leading video game systems, September 93. Obviously, it came to Genesis and Super Nintendo, and that was a big another controversy over the blood. Right. But I guess two months before release, the deals weren't finalized enough to put Genesis and Super Nintendo in this ad everything it was on game boy and yeah. pc and on game gear and everywhere they could put it but maybe they just never made that leap to jaguar that they, that that atari was hoping for yeah, why is well. raiden spelled wrong um, is really? how did they spell it oh, oh yeah it's totally. with a y <laughs> oh, wow. called it r-a-y-d-e-n yeah raise electricity that's yeah, really silly true. Uh, and this is an interesting section. It's called Viewpoint. And it's like it's like, kind of like the review crew in EGM, where they have four people weighing in on a game. But these no, this, it's not. But this, <laughs> but this doesn't count for the on the of, for their reviews. They see like Splatterhouse. They have their breakdowns, and then they say see review on page twenty two. So that reviews are separate. Here's another section where four people score a game. <laughs> Oh my gosh. But they're it's not a, deemed reviewers. Like yeah. Officially. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's right. It says Viewpoint is a place you must visit before you go out and buy your games. That way, all the good developers will get rich and all the bad ones will either be forced to improve or become TV evangelists. But we don't wow. sell games. 
You know, it's, that's it's a different funny. company. Yes. Honestly, that's this page is kind of like early Metacritic, right? <laughs> it's well, like it's an aggregator. It is it an aggregator? I mean, I well, it's this, it's aggregator, no. but of their of their staff, oh, yeah. right? It's These multiple opinions weirdos, rapid fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've got four people rating the games, but not reviewing them, and they rate right. them with a percentage out of a hundred. So, for instance, <laughs> the Inquirer rated Splatterhouse three an eighty nine percent, but he said Jason's back. Splatterhouse three is Namco's grossest game on any home system since Splatterhouse two. But I mean, Jason's not Jason's in Splatterhouse. Jason's not in Splatterhouse. <laughs> so it's like, what is what? happening? I don't know what he's saying. <laughs> Jason's back. No, he's not it, really. I guess it's the yeah. I mean, I guess guy with ski mask, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, hockey mask. Uh, everyone's top pick this month was Rock and Roll Racing, which is something I haven't played. This is also confusing because oh, they list all if these. You games. would like that game? It's not super fun. Well, we'll, we'll, well when we have an office again, we'll, we'll check it out. Yeah. But uh, it has it has a licensed midi version of metal song soundtrack and it has highway star and paranoid and it's like it just sounds great it's just it's a really funny early licensed music i I think that one's free on on pc right because blizzard made all their classic games free to download i think maybe it's a super nintendo game maybe not, or it might be in there in the blizzard arcade collection right oh yeah maybe maybe that's what i'm thinking yeah this is their uh, comic strip starring Monitor. I didn't re- even read it, but I I just know that this this panel where oh my god, Sergeant Gamer just blows apart a cyborg man and he explodes with guts and uh, bolts and stuff. Kid Kid Damon would have would have eaten this up. Yeah, I like the uh, just incredibly obvious uh, pencil and colored pencil finishing of this uh, yeah. project. Yeah, rock 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 It's just it's pretty good. Just so crappy. Uh, in their review, this is their review of Splatterhouse 3. And this is why I, I, I remember liking this magazine, uh, especially Sam. Look at the layout here. Like there's just a whole yeah, page of cool. just screenshots. And then yeah. they've cut out individual sprites and enlarged them. So you really got yeah. to see like the That's sprite fun. work. Yeah. yeah. That's, That's great. Neat. I mean, this is an era in which like 2D sprites were like the coolest thing you could possibly imagine. This is like a really good showcase of this. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, a preview of Strider Returns, and it says one can never get enough of Strider, the once mighty arcade and Genesis smash hit. It's on everyone's hit list even today. Well, unfortunately, Strider Returns is a terrible game that was not made by Capcom, and it's not considered <laughs> canon in the in Strider Strider lore. Remember that recent Strider reboot that was kind of a Metroidvania? That was cool. I don't think it even counts as recent anymore because it was like 2014 or something. It was it was a while ago. <laughs> And then here's a preview for Gauntlet, the original Gauntlet coming to Genesis. And it says, for years, Gauntlet has been a favorite of many gamers, but until now, it had never been released on a home format. But it was on NES, on a home format. Yeah, it was on NES. um, Exactly. And unofficially, because it's an Atari game. Exactly. I can't remember if there's a 10-kid version of it, but there's an official version of it. What would you say? Are those the level maps, it looks like? That's pretty cool. Well, not the full levels. Yeah. Oh, just, just screen caps. Just, I see. Yeah, just screen caps. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know what they're talking about. Gauntlet was definitely on NES, please. Yeah, it was. Robocop versus Terminator preview. This is a game very. You know what, Damon? It heart. could have been What's on that? NES after that. <laughs> well, that's what I wonder. Did it come out to NES after 1993? Not, not, not yeah. after. Probably not. Yeah. Probably Crazy. not. Uh, a preview, uh, preview of a uh, they call it Mega Drive, but this would a game called Ko Flying Squadron that would eventually go to Sega CD, and is a cool like cute 'em up, a side scrolling, cool. a side scrolling cutesy shoot 'em up with anime artwork. That's a pretty cool game. Next time you're visiting, uh, 
your friend Swaim that has an ability to play lots of old games, check out this one. Scroll to the K's and check out KO Flying Squadron. I was busy uh, playing Night Trap on an arcade machine to make nice. it being taken away from me when I was a kid. Uh, a podcast I'm, fan, I'm a fan of that doesn't really do game coverage ever did a, a pretty in-depth episode. It's called Stuff You Should Know on on uh, Night Trap. And oh, uh, I j- just yeah, recently. Yeah, awesome. and, uh, it was really good. Yeah. And like, you know, there's a bunch of cool stuff in there. But like the fact that Night Trap existed as a VHS based switching track device in the mid 80s yeah. before it was ever a laser or a CD based game. It's just the coolest thing ever. Uh, this is a, a, a preview of Cyber Alest coming to Sega CD, and I love how they've laid out. It's a, it's a vertical uh, scrolling shooter. Oh, that's I love, cool too. So they've laid out the levels vertically along the page. Yeah. But I want to read uh, just a small excerpt from it, and I just want to remind everyone, these are not my words. I'm reading someone else's words that they wrote in this magazine. It says, to choose uh-huh. a game to port over from the Mega CD, one must have wisdom. And Confucius say, Tengen make excellent choice. Oh, man. Blocked. Yeah, there you go. Blocked. Yeah, the <laughs> Tengen is the uh, I just was mentioning. That's the Atari um, publishing arm that mm-hmm. uh, got you know all those uh, black plastic cartridges out for the NES um, and uh, to just to get Tetris on there, and it was a big lawsuit. They have a big preview for a game called Silfeed coming yeah, to I Sega CD, but I mean. I've never played it, and they're talking it. They they call it. They literally call it the best shooter ever. Welcome to an exclusive look at the best 16-bit shooter ever created, Silphie by Game Arts. In fact, if this game appeared in the arcades, people would stand in line to play it. It's that good, but nobody talks about Silphie today. So I don't know. I think it was just impressive looking at the time. Yeah, I mean, it's like um, it's like Virtua Racer. You know, like that was the coolest yeah. looking game I'd ever seen in my entire life. But uh, sure. we moved on from Virtual Racer pretty fast. It was just big blocky triangles. But yeah. Star Fox lived on because, you know, I think people fell in love with those uh, those, uh, those those anthropomorphic animals. Yeah. Uh, preview for another Genesis game called X-Ranza, which I haven't played, but I think it's supposed to be good. And then another uh, page of just screenshots Whoa. where it just says, incredible line scrolls. <laughs> This is cool. I mean, that's hard to do that layout. They would probably have to take a bunch of like all pictures off a screen and then paste them together to get that kind of resolution. It's great. I like incredible line scrolls pages in the same red font. It just said ultra smooth and fast. Yeah. Oh yeah. Incredible line scrolls. For those that that are are just listening to this podcast, we we show uh, a page with lots of mini previews and the text is illegible. You cannot read it because it's blue. It's color blue font on black background. But it looked okay on the uh, layout program they're using, which is uh, indicated by that amazing computer. uh, 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 What would you even call the paint program previews logo up there? (laughs) Yeah. How how awesome is that? That would have been the most futuristic thing on (laughs) earth at the time to put in a magazine. Was this made with a computer? This reminds me of, have you ever seen the very original Naughty Dog logo? Like the one that they designed in their dorm when they were first dreaming of having a oh. game company? Oh, look it up. It's so okay. 90s. Okay. It's got it's got that paint and uh, color pencil feel for sure. <laughs> yes. And do you guys see the screen of Zombies Ate My Neighbors right in the middle? There's there's your giant baby. Oh, yeah. Where? Is giant it? baby confirmed. Honey, I blew up the kids. Yeah. Uh, preview of Yoshi's Cookie on Super Nintendo. Everyone likes Mario, and that's a fact. Bulletproof Software has developed the one puzzle game that I can't seem to stop playing. It's even better than Tetris. So, sorry, Sam. 
Yeah, everybody's agreed with that ever since. Yep, yep. That was the end for Tetris. A preview of a Super Nintendo game called Troddlers, which is apparently a Lemmings-like. Ooh, I, I don't know if this came is out. Troglodytic toddlers? What is that yeah, I, yeah, for? I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> and then their TurboGrafx section is called Turbo Tunes, but I don't know why. Okay. Like, why tunes? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. It's T-O-O-N-S, like cartoons, but I, I don't get the connection at all. Mm-hmm. They have a preview for Cotton, which is uh, relevant just because Cotton Reboot is coming out next week, I think. This is another cute up side-scrolling game. That is Look lower. at that cool pixel art on the side of this thing. Yeah, the, yeah, the, like, the enlarged. I think that's a, a boss in the game. And then the the it was so games were so scarce at this point for Turbo and the PC Engine that they're previewing a game that came out four or five years earlier in Japan, just saying, "Hey, here's something that if you need something to play, it's Batman." And it says, here's an old one for all you Turbo owners who are starving for some quality games. Back in the late 80s, companies were serious about producing quality PC Engine titles, and Batman was one of the best. And it says up in the corner, available now, Japan. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, the, I mean, that, it's interesting that there's... I'm interested seeing that Batman game, actually. That, that it's, yeah, it's like a top-down... It's a top-down, room-by-room, scrolling back Batman game. Yeah, this page appeals to me. Yeah. Um, and then they have a, pre- a previous section for a console called the FM Towns Marty, Marty, which is something I've never even heard of. But they preview multiple games for it. It says Marty it's is a, a powerful an ally Oscar with the brains. Thing. It says Marty is a powerful ally with the brains it takes to make smart television a reality. With Marty, you can ex- you can experience a marvelous dimension <laughs> in intelligent interactive television performance. So that makes it sound like 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 uh, full motion video interactive yeah. games but then this game galaxy force 2 looks like a like a space harrier type shoot 'em up so i i don't i don't know i don't know what the fm talents Why already does it is mention the cdi up in the top no it says genocide one and two on one cd oh, exclamation one point CD. yeah okay a little blurry yeah. for me does another sh- commit genocide i'm I, confused I don't, yeah, exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know diehard game fam um there's an ad for something called tamo distribution Professional service for today's competitive market. And then there's like, for order info, dealer and wholesales only, please. So I think this is an ad for like retail and you can call and place orders for games. I guess so. Does that yeah. make sense? I mean, so not for consumers. Sort it out. It's kind of weird to have to. Yeah, exactly. But then what I really like about this ad is in the bottom right corner uh, in front of a graphic. It just says, we are the best. Yeah. Yeah. In front of a computer graphic, no less. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. What's we are the, to the left of it? Like a lumpy planet? This I think it's planets. Strange. Yeah. I think they're just planets. Okay. Uh, there's an ad for Super Turrican on uh, Genesis and Nintendo. And I just think, or I'm sorry, it's Super Nintendo and NES. I didn't know Super Turrican came to NES. Sam, did you? Uh, no, it didn't come to NES. Yeah. Maybe it didn't actually come out. But I just want to point out there's a quote, one of the best from diehard game fan, rival Electronic Gaming Monthly. Yeah. Hands-on portables, Mortal Kombat for uh, Game Gear and Game Boy. They say, you won't believe how good Mortal Kombat looks on the Game Gear. The character detail and animation is amazing, and the gameplay is excellent. They don't have anything to say about the Game Boy version, though. I didn't believe it when I played it. It was amazing. It's really that bad impressive? When I when I played it at the time, I could not believe that Mortal Kombat was, you know, so violent and playable on the Genesis or on the Game Gear and emphasis on the violet uh the game boy version was so funny it just yeah. did not work it was just the slowest crappiest barely scrolling just big blobs of poop <laughs> fighting each other <laughs> great there's a, a like clay fighter but okay yeah yeah there's an article on the punisher and the arcade game punisher it says uh 
uh, what does it say? If you thought that there would never be a fighting game better than Final Fight, you're about to change the way you look at fighting games. Punisher is definitely the greatest side-scrolling fighting game ever. Blah, blah, blah. I don't. I, I like this game, but I don't think that's actually true. Seems late uh, for Punisher yeah. 93. And finally, in other stuff, which is like their gaming other gossip. Stuff. Yeah, section. They say, for all you loyal Turbo fans out there, Konami's about to make you very happy with the super CD-ROM version of the original Castlevania. I don't think that ever happened. I don't think the original Castlevania ever came to Turbo. Um, And then the other thing is, Sega has announced an all-new Streets of Rage 3. This 24-meg sequel will feature an undercover cop who is a master of disguise. Nope. Nope. Streets of Rage 3 has... The same three characters from the first two games, and then it's just to beat them up, and there's nothing about a cop going undercover. So they have a, about as good of a record as Quarterman yeah. by this point. It's true. Despite the taunting. And there you have it. That was the July... I'm going to stop sharing my screen. The July 1993 issue of Die Hard Game Fan. And Sam learned that this magazine exist, existed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, For babies everywhere. Hi, babies. <laughs> In the interest of time, that brings us to video game 20 questions. Our suggestion this week comes from John from Baltimore. Let the questioning begin. Oh, boy. Um, now, Tom, do you need a refresher on video game 20 questions at all, or are you good to go? No, I, I, I'm good to go, but also... I. Every time Damon invites me on the show, I always forget that it's a thing. And then we get to this moment and I go, oh, no. <laughs> it's the most high pressure segment of any podcast yeah. I've been on. It's yeah. only high pressure because you noobs are on right now and you have to win. Exactly. <laughs> hey, uh, I've helped out in the past. I know. I, I've gotten a couple. But yeah. Um, people carrying I'll on the tradition of the, the multi-part question hack. Are we still doing that? Yeah. I've tried it several times. I've been relentlessly mocked by my fellow panel. <laughs> All right. I support that. And I think uh, we should stick to it. Damon, okay. is yeah. this game a shooter platformer or RPG? No. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> yeah, but now you have to remember the games you asked so we, we don't... So we Not don't. a shooter platformer or RPG. In okay. one question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so efficient. This is That's like the same method you use to, to cheat at guess who. <laughs> is this person wearing glasses or a hat <laughs> oh that's not bad no um, that wasn't my question but yes <laughs> yes that'd be a good um, video game 20 questions question i guess hmm. uh, is this from after the year 2000 no what did rpg shooter or platformer was the things mm-hmm. okay before the year 2000 Will this is this a puzzle player? game, a puzzle game, a sports game, or a fighting game? Puzzle game, sports game. Yes. <laughs> okay. Puzzle, sports or fighting. Okay, okay. okay now okay. that's inefficient because now we do have to ask. Yeah. <laughs> I guess was I'm gonna ask was this an? I don't know the right way to ask this. Was this an arcade game? No. That's okay. a good good question because those all got ported right, so much. Yeah. Right. Um, also, a lot of fighting games end up came from or have arcades as well, right? So, <laughs> potentially that means it's less likely there. So it was fighting puzzle or sport. Okay. Do you do you do you oh, okay. uh, is this game do you, do you commit acts of violence in this game? No, and that's five. So yeah. not a, not a fighting game. 
not a we fighting game. We know a lot game. for five questions, though. That's not it's bad. A, yeah, it's a peaceful puzzle or a sports game. It's pretty good. Pretty from good. From 2000. What's a peaceful sport? Game. Billiards? <laughs> fishing? No, fishing's pretty fishing? mean to the fish. Sport fishing? <laughs> I, that's an act of violence for sure. Yeah, um, clay pigeons. Will this game be playable on the Steam Deck? No. <laughs> possibly Definitive. a Nintendo or possibly just too old. Uh, okay. Mm. Notable puzzle I, games from yeah, Nintendo, 2000. Nintendo is... Or sports. Maybe he's going the Olympics route because it's coming up. Right? I don't know. Maybe it's a peaceful fighting game. <laughs> um... <laughs> Oh, I, 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 I like yeah doesn't really yeah. count though peaceful rpg can play it peaceful. um let's see is this a 2d game no 3d would we really have a sport game it's gotta happen sometime right a 3d Surely. peaceful puzzle so many episodes i don't know i'm leaning my heart Tetrisphere. should we just resolve that yeah, sure. Let's go. For is it. this a puzzle game? No. Oh, it's a sports game. Well, we're screwed. Or it's a Three. peaceful fighting game, which sounds it's not like a moron. Yeah. <laughs> is is this a Nintendo made game or like with Nintendo characters? Yes. Okay. Oh, okay. So it's a it's a Mario sports game, probably. And it's 3D, so potentially cart. Yeah, and well, and also because um, there's the topical um, connection to Mario Golf right now, right? Mm-hmm. So we got to narrow down the sport. <laughs> I mean, we, we this is what this one's in the pocket, as they say in pool, probably. <laughs> when they're doing good, good at pool. Uh, <laughs> do you drive in this game, Damon? No. What about balls? <laughs> that would include golf games if there's a cart. Oh, do you drive? <laughs> That's true. Do you drive balls? Uh, I yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think we get the drive question back, and then we get this with less because it's Mario Golf. Then it's baseball or golf, right? It's probably golf. You don't drive baseballs. <laughs> I drive them to center field. A line drive? Come on. Yeah, that is true. Uh, okay. 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 But I think probably we could assume it's. Cool. I just got out baseball right. by Michael Swain. And you know what? Okay. I'm not ashamed. So we're circling around some sort of Mario Golf drain here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we should prolong this as much as possible. Pre 2000s. <laughs> no. Yeah. I think it's it's either the Mario Golf on Game Boy, which it's not because he said it was not 2D. So it's just right. the Mario Golf on Nintendo 64, which is just called Mario Golf 64 or something. <laughs> What's it called? <laughs> Damon, is the game Mario Golf 64 or some shit? <laughs> yes, it sure is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sure is. It's just Mario Golf. Okay. Yeah. Only for Nintendo 64. Yes. Nicely job. <laughs> I think. I think the uh, the uh, multiple genre, genre questions. Hack? I don't think you need to. I mean, it hasn't. This is the first time it really helped you. I think. Rude. Yeah. That's so rude. <laughs> I've listened to the episodes, and it doesn't usually help that much. Yeah. Wow. Doubling down on the rudeness. But the funny thing is, like, also, I, I feel like. 
once we got the three genres, we spent just as many questions narrowing down which of the genres it was if we had just asked the three three genres independently. But for some reason, the shape of the other questions around those three genres helped us kind of puzzle things mm-hmm. out, I think. Yeah. But I, I don't know. Like, so, so here's the thing, Tom, is that like if you get a if you get a yes on your first three, then you're like really narrowed down. Because then you, you only true. have, you know, at least one or two other questions to get to it. And you can combine the violence question and stuff like that to get there. Yeah. But maybe we need to group the questions a little bit better. Like maybe, you know, puzzle, sport, and, you know, something more peaceful or something. I don't know. Mm. Some other fringe genre should be in one. Whereas like energy mm, between the. Yeah. 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 Whereas like fighting, racing, and I, I don't know. You know. I appreciate the, the 20 questions meta invo- evolving between my eyes right here. Mm-hmm. before my See, well, I like, I like high real. risk high reward that's why I asked did this game come out on August 5th 1998 <laughs> if he says yes <laughs> oh baby you got it <laughs> do you know any game that came out on August 5th 1998 <laughs> I have to look it up now I don't know <laughs> and we usually ask if this has been in the magazine issue and mm-hmm. this couldn't have been that's in the magazine my, issue yeah it's true well it could have maybe in the, that prediction column <laughs> and it reminds me I gotta try the new one because I hear it's loads of fun with pal yes Can you i love i loved this uh, original mario golf fun in 64 it was great thank you for I, the I, suggestion i have a quick question real quick what's that what's what that? what was your driving question aiming at because it, when question? we had narrowed it down to that oh, yeah. point would would any of these games have had a car in it oh would we already eliminated all the carts all the Mario Kart. Yeah, you would think those are sports games. Yeah, it oh, depends okay, on okay. if racing was sport. Oh, I consider which... racing uh, the sport of kings. Okay, no, no, no. I think you were sport. right. Yeah. I think you're right. I think we needed to eliminate card. That's right. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. All right. Thank you for your suggestion, John from Baltimore. Viewers and listeners, if you have your own suggestions for video game twenty questions, email them to me at the email address gamescoop at ign.com. That is all the scoops that we have for you this week. Thank you to Sam, Tom, and Michael. Thank you uh, to both uh, Mariah and Kate working behind the scenes, making sure this episode is possible. We will be back next week with more scoops and good humor for you. My name is Damon. This is IGN Gamescoop, and we're out. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.